0: Welcome back to the Why Hockey Periodical Podcast. It's going to be our best episode ever because it is officially the most ambitious crossover episode in history as we are recording this after a panthers Flyers game.
1: That was pretty painless, I gotta say. I appreciated
0: um, also you tweeting a BoJack Horseman gif.
1: Yeah, I just caught up with the latest season and uh, I, I, I was laughing a lot. Um,
0: I appreciate so, Keith Olbermann making fun of himself all the time in that show. I really enjoy that.
1: They they do a lot of really good satire um, in that show, and there's a lot of people poking fun at themselves and other people, and in in different ways. And I like love that
0: self-awareness. What would the Panthers be on BoJack Horseman? Like you wouldn't just have a talking. I, I guess you could have a talking Panther, but I mean, Ooh. Like, because, like, you know, they have panther... I want to
1: say, like, right? Princess Caroline, because they, like, are trying really hard right now and everything, but things just... they ne- Things never meet expectations, and you always feel overworked, alone, and exhausted.
0: That makes perfect sense. You know what? I, I don't see any reason to continue, because that makes perfect sense. <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll the take it. Three
0: of the Florida Panthers. Although, in some cases, I wouldn't really call them trying, but you know, I'm not going to complain all that much because I think but sometimes
1: can... it, some years they're trying not to try.
0: Oh, yeah, this is correct, but they weren't actually tanking, you see, which is unfortunate,
1: which led to the feeling of, of exhaustion.
0: Ah, yes, because we can never get the good players. You only had to draft, you know, Kendall McArdle. Remember him?
1: Yeah, I mean, even just in recent years, I remember some of the left-handed defensemen that could be on the Panthers' blue
0: line right now. Boy, oh boy, isn't that fun. Speaking of Panthers defensemen, I was surprised. I was looking on Twitter Monday night after Eric Branson got spat at by Garnett Hathaway. I was Mm -hmm, really surprised mm -hmm. that that vocal segment of Panthers Twitter, the very, very small but very vocal group of people who still think Eric Branson is good when he isn't, uh, I'm surprised that they didn't, you know, come out the woodwork, especially because the Panthers are playing the Ducks next.
1: It's... It's a shame. He's he's very good looking. That should well, never happen. Well,
0: hold on, hold on a second. I think we should have an authority here on this podcast say this. I'm not attracted to Erica Branson.
1: That's I. I mean, I That's think he's pretty. Thing,
0: obviously, let me be. Yeah, honest. I
1: think he's pretty, pretty good looking. Myself. Um,
0: I can only say what I see. Yeah. I apologize I'm, I'm glad
1: this is This is I'm why we work Sometimes see you're ying Sometimes I'm yang You know
0: Well as I've said before The last time we did a show was right after A Finnish hockey player Daniani Pohaka came out And um, I'll just say this Go to his Instagram page And you'll see why I'm a big fan of his Okay. Mm -hmm. Also... I mean, I would.
1: I just don't know if I can spell that.
0: Uh, I'll spell it for you later. I thought we already had all the finished spellings down because we had said on this podcast... I don't
1: think I'll ever have spellings down. It's like a...
0: I I know. I've seen... Gap in my head. head.
1: Spellings and pronunciations, and there's just some... Some things you don't learn by a certain age, they're just poof, gone.
0: Your text messages to me are amazing. We've had some incredible typos. I can't even remember some of them, but I know that I've, I've had some just slack amazement typos, and they're hilarious. Obviously, you're not doing this on purpose, but it's funny. I, but
1: I, someone's got to keep Harvey's legacy alive, oh, and yes, uh, I'm happy to pick up the mantle. No, no,
0: you didn't. What was that one tweet? Oh, Oh, didn't he tweet a link to a porn site at one point?
1: He he did he did. He, he, did right. he did something or it was like a, a screenshot with like a tab open or like something I don't know what exactly it was but yeah or. Yeah, or he, like, just tweeted, like, a keyword or, like, a search term or something like that. I forget, yeah, God. what it was. No. Or, Har- or he was hacked or something by, by like, a webcam bot or something. I don't know. What are those things?
0: I, or well, maybe it was one of those Ukrainians that Eugene Melnick sent after Harvey Feilkopf for reasons we it's- don't understand. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I will say, by the way, though, um, the reason why I mention this, is because, of course, how often have we mentioned on this show that Finland is the best country? I think most of the time we do that because Finland gave us, you know, hockey's best player.
1: Yeah, and, and I would say one of the best countries, top three.
0: Okay, um, that's fine. And, it, and that's, also, it has now given us. I don't want to
1: rage too many countries.
0: It, we, has, but it has officially given us uh, more openly gay professional hockey players, current or former, than the United States of America. So go Finland.
1: Yeah, and then if you think about per per capita, yeah,
0: Canada, Denmark, and Finland, but nothing from the United States.
1: Come on, America. If you you think, if you you subscribe to the idea that it will come X amount of time after certain rights and privileges are afforded, so that, you know, maybe like the next generation following, it makes sense that they would come first since they were granted their. Well, yeah, I mean, like you know, but it okay. would make sense that it would come first. I think to into the ground,
0: ground and you could probably know where both of us stand on that. So let's let's talk about hockey, because yes, uh, but we're very happy about <laughs> Don it. Don Cherry, and it got really annoying after a while. By the way, not listening to his podcast. Just don't have enough time during the day, you know. Got a, got a quote. I, mean, I podcasts. I
1: wouldn't because, I mean, talk about typos and mispronunciations. Oh, well,
0: that, there's, there's the king of that. That's why I ask people yeah. to the forum.
1: Absolutely. Um, I, don't know, I don't know how it's going to be. I probably won't listen to it. I mean, I just only have the time for one or two. And, put you it know.
0: this way. If he says something on there that needs to be heard probably wrongly, uh, I would imagine my Twitter feed will tell me about it.
1: There's definitely an audience for it. Uh, I mean, there's an audience the for this audience podcast. For, and... for
0: that particular podcast, even knows what a podcast is.
1: I mean, I think what if he can set up a successful, uh, successful email subscription where they can just click a link in an email that opens up a browser p- page that just autoplays the, the sound... Uh, they would be okay. They'd be able to make it. Um, I don't know. Do they do? Uh, like, uh, Yeah. yeah so they I might have possible. to reach that, that audience. But who knows? It's Everyone has cell phones these days. And uh, with the amount of hits Breitbart and all that stuff gets. Well, I'm not talking, <laughs> I'm about, <laughs>
0: I'm not talking about any of that. I'm just saying that, you know, I, I wonder whether whether your you know, your 75-year-old in Mississauga is going to know what a podcast is. I, I, just, I just don't know. I, I, I would assume some of them are better with technology, but you just cannot assume these things.
1: I'm, I'm not too great with technology, so I imagine that there's at least one person out there who should be bad at technology that's actually good at technology because to just kind of balance me out. So
0: um, Yeah, you know, I, I, I
1: can see that. <laughs>
0: and the it's, and it's like universe
1: happens. works like that yeah and
0: it's like what happens i think that i think i heard it last night on the game uh the panthers have won was like seven of the last eight against the flyers which makes no sense or it might have been like seven of the last eight in sunrise or something crazy like that i have no idea that
1: makes sense because i think when i was like in high school or something it was seven and eight the other or seven or eight the other well, way I for, for I was philadelphia because i remember going to those games and just being relentless I
0: I remember going uh to see to the Panthers website and seeing the Panthers directly advertising to Flyers fans when I was in high school. Which was actually that long ago, but doesn't feel like it was that long ago because I definitely remember it happening.
1: Yeah, and I mean I I don't even mind that these days. I've never I, I don't care. Just sell the tickets. I mean if you have the room for We've always talked about how there's just a limit to how many people are going to be at games, right? Well, if you, certainly
0: Tuesday night November games, yes. Right,
1: or, yeah, and, but if you have a 20,000-seat building, you always have room for more, so why not? Why not, you don't have to throw too much money at it and too, spend too much time on it, but why not do a c- campaign that's targeted at a few different big cities and fan bases that are known to travel, and and when you play them, you always play them at you know a time like this in Florida. You always play them at a late fall. Sometimes you always play them in a December or January too. I mean, as well. Or, and if that's or them, you're the
0: Montreal Canadiens, and you play the same date right. every year. Yeah, I mean, I mean there's that a is lot of as old as time itself at this point.
1: Yeah, and you know, I, I hell, I wouldn't even care if they partnered with the Lightning and and. Sold packages that you could do the swing And partnered with hotels along the way I don't care Just If, if that's going to allow them to get the money To keep Barkov and Hubert out And all this stuff And go for cups uh, I, I don't care Because if you look at Boston If you look at New York If you look at Philadelphia They're ruthless in how they Get, acquire, and spend money So Well, uh, know, Delaware they,
0: North Sells terrible, terrible stadium food so what can I say? Yeah. I'm just yeah. coming off listening to another podcast about the Jacksonville Jaguars, another team that I've devoted far too much of my life to. And Delaware North sells food at the uh, stadium called TIA Bank Field, And they go in on them. Um, my friend's down in Duval just dunking on Delaware North all the time. And he realizing like Delaware North plays a huge role in the National Hockey League's mere existence. And it's kind of weird when I hear that. Obviously, they're not hockey. That's not a hockey show, but it's still funny when I think about that. Because I'm like, oh, <laughs> Jeremy Jacobs, you can't escape Jeremy Jacobs in my life. Although, boy, I would have loved to have seen what Cam Neely broke in the in the you know in the sweets after the Panthers came back against them last week. I turn the game off because usually at that point I'm just like, you know what, I've got other things I can do with my life. Then it's four one, then it's four two, and then they make it four three, and I'm like, okay, I have to watch the rest of this now. Then they tie the game, and I'm going, uh, wait a minute, did this just happen? Like, uh, the, the, what what happened with the Florida Panthers? Like, who, who took my crappy hockey team and made them good? And then they go on and they win it in a shootout. And I went like, uh, okay. And I went and checked Twitter afterwards and everybody's just slack-jawed that they watched that happen. Like, the Bruins, for the second time in their history, had a four-goal lead at home in the third period and gagged it. And they gagged it to the Panthers. It makes no sense, but it was like, it's one of those things that's like when the when the devils collapse against the Panthers earlier in the year, you're like, Oh, it's the Devils, they stink. That's not a surprise. And then when it's the Bruins, you're just going, Oh, well, uh, wow. That 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 was pretty cool. And uh you don't get many. Any given like that. Tuesday.
1: Any given Tuesday. Any
0: given Tuesday on a night when it didn't look like the Bruins were trying all that hard, and then they did, and then they stopped trying, and then the Panthers won, which was really which was really amusing. Uh that's, that's, that's one of those where you're just going to go, like, how the hell was, how the hell did I watch that happen? How the hell did I watch that happen? And, you know, I like losing my mind watching that going, oh my God, that's the Panthers that just did that. And then here, Joel Quenville go after the game and say, you know what? I didn't even go in and talk to the players. They just worked it out themselves. That's what you pay 6 million bucks for everybody.
1: Yep, yeah, And, and we are officially a quarter of the way into the year and and to me, I think I'm I'm at the point where the bar is raised in Florida. There was expectations. There was a goal of getting to this point at a certain spot in the standings with a certain amount of points, and they did that. Um, obviously, there's things I'll harp on later I'll get to and people say I'll be too, that I'm being too harsh or something on when we talk about rows and goal differential and and roster construction and certain aspects of play and even coaching decisions, but not really. Um is I, I don't s I don't think anymore in relation to past Florida Panthers years, I don't think all right, Florida is going to be – is doing well for Florida. I think now it's about Florida taking the next step and being like in not, the same not, vein. Not, uh,
0: not, like, not, not um, being in by the – Good standards. Good by NHL standards.
1: Right. Not being second in the Atlantic because Tampa and Toronto are doing bad, but but because they are actually playing up to that level – um when they're expected to win a playoff series, not just get to the playoffs, not just be a wild card, but they're expected to win a division seed they're expected to uh win the first round um whether home or away they're they are they are because they're, they're, they're going to be competitive
0: so let's start um, with let's just start with because we haven't done like a traditional y hockey show in a while because of the way this is absolutely yeah I just let's love start, getting let's into start it. with just, let's start don't with they are actually good. I don't think we can say right. any way otherwise. They're actually And good.
1: and that's that's why I'm raising the bar. They're 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 not a team that you should be happy with if they get 96 points, 97 points and the second or first, you know, wild card spot. You should that should be oh, they fell under expectations. Wild card is under expectations.
0: At this point I it's the Panthers. I have so much PTSD with them that I, and I think a lot of people have PTSD with them, that it's hard to to take that leap. But I will say at this point, they are playing to the point where they should be one of the top three teams in the Atlantic. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I wouldn't be surprised if they have a slip-up at some point because it's the Panthers and also this is the NHL and it is a parody-driven league and parody makes weird things happen. But I will say right now that you couldn't have reasonably asked them to do any more than they've done. You know, you watch some teams like the Capitals or the Capitals. The Islanders have a horseshoe up their rear end and are winning games they have no business winning. It, it's proven that Mitch Corn is actually a wizard. But the Panthers are actually good. I don't think there's any... No, oh,
1: no. Mitch, Mitch, I'm glad you brought Mitch Korn because that'll, that'll make me bring up Uh-oh. something later. Like
0: we'll, we'll get to that later. I know we're going to have a, a debate on that. But let's start with a couple things that we should start with with this discussion overall if you pay the big bucks for joel Quenville, you expect a certain thing and the panthers are getting that they look like a team that is coached by somebody for at long last if you if you take Gallant out of there because galant knew what he was doing you know oh actually before we get to that i have breaking news for you sir
1: Coach Q got nine hundred wins.
0: Well he got nine hundred and one wins, but guess who just got fired?
1: Like just just got fired?
0: Just got fired as in I just saw it on the ESPN bottom line, he just got fired. Like right now. Right now. What what a coach could get yep, he got canned.
1: Babcock got fired.
0: He got fired. Sheldon (laughs) Keith is your new head coach. It happened seven minutes ago. Sheldon
1: Keefe, oh God.
0: I love it. They might
1: be good. They might be good now.
0: Well, they could be good now, but remember they've well, the hole.
1: Well, because here's how he'll sell it. He'll he'll sell it like this. He'll go into all the kids and he'll just be like Mitch Marner, I'm taking the leash off you. I know that you were unfairly treated. I know that Babcock couldn't see the specialness of this team and you, that you're not like you're not like everybody else. You're not you don't need to be overbaked like some of his Detroit guys. You guys got this. And you can play this way, and he's the type of guy I think who can manage that. Well, and the if Panthers, the
0: Panthers didn't pick up cheap points against the Leafs with uh, Babcock, they played them all in January and, and onwards. So you have to. See well, I
1: mean, it might not play. work right away. It might not work right right uh, away. But, know, but
0: I, I still this want to is... find that funny because now Joel Pendle is officially the highest paid coach of the National Hockey League.
1: Well, I mean. And Toronto is going to be spending a boatload for yeah, for coaching make because – They're their own money. I don't think – Because, I mean, Sheldon Keefe's going to – what? He's, he's got Dave Haxtall. He's got
0: – I'm presuming that they fired their assistants too. McFarland.
1: Yeah, I mean
0: – By the way, can we mention something here since this is the most ambitious crossover episode in history? I haven't really talked about that Panthers-Flyers game yet. If you're hiring a former failed Philadelphia Flyers head coach – and a Florida Panthers assistant, who I think is probably not that bad, but it was easily explained why his one thing last year worked.
1: Absolutely. I mean, fair, fair point.
0: Yeah. Like, when everybody was talking about McFarland when he got hired this year, I was talking about the Leafs power play. And I'm like, I could easily explain to you that Mike Hoffman's a good shooter and the Panthers tried desperately to get that puck to him and then have Barkoff put home a rebound. It's not quite the same this year, and we'll get to that in a second. But, yes, Mike Babcock was fired. So, the Panthers, it's a good thing they have a five-point cushion on the Leafs while they have it. <laughs> and congratulations to Joel Quenville. You are the highest-paid head coach in the National Hockey League and the Florida Panthers are doing wow. it. Wow. So, <laughs> so how,
1: long, how long did Babcock make it on that contract? Um, uh, was... He was
0: signed in 2015. Remember, that was the year that they were absolutely tanking. And... Uh, So, I mean, for all intents and purposes. So, by the way, now, where does Mike Babcock go next? Because you know he's going to get another NHL head coaching job. Like, where does he go next? Like, who's the next team that is, like, not playing well that could fire him? Maybe the Flames.
1: I think this is is amazing. I mean, because if you're thinking about the one thing that could sink – toronto it's it's this
0: well the fact that they had a terrible coach who was just very highly paid and then kyle dubas was basically left with no other choice
1: but but that's not the that wasn't always the issue and this just firing babcock won't just fix it but i mean this definitely i think takes pressure off of florida
0: well, with it, the division it shows spot you, well again it shows you what happens in, when coaching like joel quenville for all that we see he has his old school things that he does but he has evolved as a coach he's not doing the same things over and over again you know and he is more than willing to change things when he has to you know he he'll change line combinations defense pairings he doesn't have but he doing also that. doesn't
1: have the defense pairings, and he also doesn't have as much of the experience.
0: Well, it's, it's even with that. It's just even for – but even but, – but Babcock would still do the same things over and over again, bang his head against the wall. It's a lot more boognerish than it is like Quenville. But again, now that you see that firing, it makes you appreciate Joel Quenville all the more because finding a good head coach in this league is actually more difficult than it seems because a lot of them aren't good. But when you, when you paid the money for Joel Quenville – You got exactly what you thought you were going to get. He has made this team better. He has had it actually playing up to its talent level. And when you watch the Leafs not do that with Babcock, and you watch the Panthers finally do that, just for comparison, that is so interesting, isn't it? Because for years, the exception of Gallant, they never played up to their talent level. There was always the feeling that they could do more, right? Now... Here we are with with Joel Quenville, like even though there are difficulties with this team and some of that's personnel related, obviously they're playing up to their talent level right now. I,
1: I, I don't I don't want to say that either, because they I think they play they played well enough to raise the bar and show that they're capable of more and that they should be expected to do more. But I think that they also left points on the table. They that's that's sh- shown in in their rows, and I think they've also let goals let a lot of goals happen a game, and that's shown in Bobrovsky's stats, that's shown in the team D stats, and their goal differential, and and the fact that they've let teams come back and let teams get take it to overtime on them, and it's it's a little bit of feeling feeling the new coaching out. It's a little bit of roster construction, um, and it's a little bit of...
0: I agree with you in many ways. Here's what what I will say on this, because I think that I finally found the words to say what I I feel, and I think you're trying to elucidate that. They have distinct problems, as every team in the NHL does, but they have distinct problems. When Sergei Bobrovsky... Plays better than he has. In the last two games he has. I think these last two games are really indicative of that. If, he, if you can get Sergei Bobrovsky to be pretty good, like, which is what he's been, because he has had his moments where he's been truly bad, but if you get goaltending for Bobrovsky like this, they have enough talent to outscore their issues. In other words, the way they're playing right now, at least one line can outscore their issues. Like, when they play right. like, enough defensively, they get enough from Bobrovsky, they can outscore their problems. And that's been proven in recent games where obviously it's not just that 11, 16, and 63 is the best line in hockey at this point. And I really, I know Marshan Posternak and, and Bergeron is amazing, but the, what, this, what this top line is doing is insane. And I think we have to appreciate it before we, it goes away.
1: Yeah, and we have to make use of it, and that's why I think that they have to start. We're 21 games in the season. We know—I mean, they started doing it with the Hunt and Tonato, but I I don't know what they're trying to do. They're trying to switch—
0: It was more more along the lines if they want Dryden Hunt to do something.
1: They're they're changing the type of rhombuses they're going to— Put into the circular hole. Well, I don't. I don't, I don't get about, what they're doing there.
0: Hunt. He's been doing a lot of decent things, but it's not. You know, his game has dropped right. off. And Tony Noto did well enough when he was called up to the point where Joel Quenville said, "Okay, let's bring him back up and see what happens." Fine. I'm not worried about that. That's okay. I think, and, and it might be with Howard Luck when he comes back and he's healthy or something like that. But you still got.
1: You still got. I mean, yeah, because you need. You have Sevier,
0: Tonado Yes
1: playing every every game. And and you'd like to eventually it, work
0: Sevier scored where it said Sevier is expendable and it's like, Oh, people are actually thinking the way we think now. It's nice.
1: Yeah, but I mean, we got to get at some point. There has to be the transition to Borgstrom and Tippett, of
0: course. Uh, and I understand why it isn't happening now. That's fine. I, I at some point I agree with right. you, but I understand but why it's not happening. Then,
1: now. then you move the eyes to to defense. And
0: yes, let me let me. See it's
1: now. not an immediate thing, but I think at this point, I'm I'm ready. I mean, it's not up to me, but I'm ready when everyone else is ready to to, to call it on Matheson, um, the, the here's where, time of let's death.
0: Start, let's start with a couple of other things before we get to this, before we get to Matheson. Aaron Eckblad, let's just say this, really, really good this year. He, he's playing but like...
1: He's, but still, still has some acne, still has some warts. Absolutely.
0: He- I don't think that there's any way around that, but... Can we say that this is the year where they found the most ointment for the acne? If we're going to use that analogy.
1: But he's hurt and not sure when he's coming back and if he'll be able to to keep playing above his head. Because I mean, as much as I love Weger, at best he's a second pair defenseman, and he was playing well above his head. And maybe, he was, maybe, he was, maybe that's him now. But like, it might take him back. He was playing. Some of the best hockey he may ever play in his career. He, so he went
0: super. You, you can't. For you can't. Of, like, three weeks. He was amazingly good, and I mean, we are. You can't the, bank
1: on that coming back. Obviously, and we're
0: presidents of the Mackenzie Weger fan club over here, but.
1: But then, but right now you had, you have, Brown and Pissick playing, and I mean. They I can play they can at that. times. They can play well enough, and and with the 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 level of playing with the competition and when the team's playing well but they still give up three to four prime chances a night and
0: both of the goals were 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 pesic and brown mistakes against the flyers and i think that and and i think that the one you play with strawman has the mistakes minimized to a decent degree which is why matheson looked pretty okay when he was playing with with Strawman, and now he's playing with brown and the mistakes are more magnified i mean he i saw the heat maps tweeted uh that they were like a plus two with Matthews and on the ice in terms of average shots and minus six without him. um there's got to
1: be something they can do i mean there's stillman there's i mean i know i no prowl was hurt for a bit so that, that's something, you know, he – and he's a right-handed defense. Fan. I don't know how much he'd help on the, the left side. He might not be able to be what Weger is. But, you know, there's got to be something they can do internally at least because you have seven defensive slots, eight if you want to address a full lineup, but they can't because they have Pissick still here, but they need defensive bodies so it's a catch-22. Um, but, you know, they got to get – some new blood in here because we've seen what this defense is capable of in 21 games. It's too reminiscent. It's not the same, but it's too reminiscent of past year's defenses because it's majorly the same. Uh, And there might be some residual gains if you leave it the same throughout the year, but you want to have any new defenseman that would make marginal impacts in the playoffs on your roster with his partner kind of getting comfortable and ramping up with you know before the playoffs so you got to start going through all your options because count on your hands how many defensemen you're really truly happy with at the moment anybody listening to the show that would be and yeah, and, and you might go four because people will disagree on who the third one is. Well, so you, you might I'm say four. To... But that means that's three defensive spots that de- that need improvement. Uh, and Florida has the wherewithal to go do that. They have the prospects. They have the wingers. They have the scoring support to withstand trading, whether it's trading Trochek, whether it's trading Math. You know, Matheson in, know, in a package, whether Matt whatever you would do. Like,
0: it it is getting to the point where I think that's going to happen in the off season. Yeah, I like think you, it's going to happen in the off season. It's probably not going to happen now unless we're talking something loony. But I think I, that, that I that, think that the you, need to is get, to you need run to get you need to
1: get somebody in defensively because eventually Ekbladz is going to be what he is.
0: Eventually, I think that. You are correct. Eventually,
1: is going to come down. Other
0: teams are going to exploit that in a playoff series for sure. That's going to happen. Now, as I we've said before, they're, the, the trade they're going to make at the deadline is going to be for a defenseman. Almost 100% assuredly going to be for a defenseman.
1: Make it now. Trying to you know, make I, it I know, now.
0: but it's hard because there's not a lot of defensemen out there, but I think they're going to just – it's going to happen at some point. Uh, I, by the way, they can at least start.
1: They can at least start playing Stillman because he he would have to be better than one of Brown or Pessick,
0: or at least
1: be hard. worth rotating in with them.
0: I would I would agree with that. Pessick hasn't been that bad, but he's still obviously not good. And Brown, where our opinions on Josh Brown are well sorted, at this point. The three defensemen I think you're referring to who you're comfortable with would obviously be Ekblad, Wieger, and Strahlman. And then Yandel would be the debatable one. Yeah,
1: and, and Strahlman's playing too high up in the lineup. You would you would hope that he'd be playing yeah, lower given his age because the one thing with him is he's – and you accept it when you sign him. I mean, obviously we didn't sign him, but um, he's going to get walked. He's – there's he's there's gonna be times where his foot speed gets the best of him, or his lack of foot speed gets the best of him, and he's gonna get not have the speed on a pivot or something, and it's gonna happen from time to time, and you just kinda have to live with that. But it will happen less when he's slotted into that fifth defensive spot.
0: What you what- would ideally want to see is something like Ekblad and Uyghur then Yandel and Strollman basically be your third pairing, the pairing you don't play all that much at even strength because they don't want to play Yandel that much at even strength, which is the right decision. It's allowed them to be better on the power play. And then your second pairing featuring, you know, Riley Stillman and trade guy, basically, is what you're saying. And I would agree with that in many ways. I... Yeah,
1: and I I think, and then you can have Brown as your extra, whatever. I mean, and and I think, you know, your trade got, I think you, however you do it, Pissick has just a cap hit and is one of the few defensemen. They're
0: not re-signing him next year either. Yeah,
1: I mean, um, like, so at this point you just, you can have a larger NHL lineup by trading him. mm Mm-hmm. I don't understand why, even if you trade him for a seventh round pick, that's not what you do right now
0: i i again i i I mean they're with Weger hurt, I understand why they haven't done it, but when Weger gets back and is healthy again, it's something I think that we've talked about it and i mean we don't need, we don't need to go down I'd that be table. willing
1: and dealing for defensemen all day right now and, I know, and would, I know people would just laugh and think like oh how how easy you know how simple you make it. But, like, at the end of the day, like, you have assets that people want. You can yeah. make moves to get defensemen. I,
0: I mean, because the playoffs are a crapshoot and also because right now you have a gap on Tampa and Toronto that you didn't expect to have and you might not have for forever, it's one of those it's like you need to kind of take advantage of that. And I and I can agree, right. I can agree with that line of thinking wholeheartedly because this is not 24. 12 and 2016, when the Panthers literally made the playoffs because everyone around them couldn't tie their shoes. This is now an opportunity where they have a couple of teams around them that can't tie their shoes, but they are still in division with Boston. Montreal is not a bad team. So this is not going to be easy down the stretch, but they have given themselves an opportunity not to be chasing, but to start to get you know into a rhythm, and they've, they've done that. In many ways. Let's get to some specific Panthers things that I want to talk about. The goalie will be one of them. I think I said in one of our preview shows this year, I didn't think there was any way the top line could play better. Uh, apparently, I was wrong because they are. Like, it's. Man, and, and Jonathan. She's
1: done well with keeping them together and not.
0: Uh, yeah, he broke them up briefly, but it was more like a, okay, guys, wakey, wakey kind of breaking them up. And right, yeah, it was just. Together, yeah. And, and you know what he lets them do that the last coach did not do? They cycle.
1: Have turnovers so, at the offensive blue line?
0: Uh, well, they do have a few of those. <laughs> Some of the drop passes are not good, but don't they cycle like Barkov, Huberto, and Yager did a couple years ago? They, yeah. They cycle so well. They, there are Every time they get on the ice, it looks like they're going to score or it looks like they're going to get a power play. It's just insane what they're doing right now. And even when Barkov was hurt, he was still playing pretty well. And, and Jonathan, you,
1: and you think Dadnoff's coming back.
0: Oh, I would have to think that Dadinoff's coming back. If, of uh, the free agents, you bring him back, he is,
1: and that he is puts,
0: integral to. And I mean, that puts yeah,
1: Hoffman in the trade for a D category, which uh, I know people hate yes. and everything, but.
0: I, I agree with maybe. you. I agree with you. It's something, maybe. You, have cons- it's something you have to consider because Hoffman, in, in theory, is replaceable. Dadnoff less so because of the chemistry with that line, um, but also can we say by the way, Jonathan Huberto, that smile with the blood dripping out of his mouth? I mean, if you didn't already love him, man.
1: Yeah. He, although, he although I must say, what did what did he expect cro- getting into a cross-checking battle with someone that much taller than him? Uh, that was just kind of bound to happen. But obviously, you don't want him to stop. You know, he, he is. he's.
0: He is an a hole on the ice sometimes, and he's
1: very he's very uh, tenacious. He's very much like a pug pugilistic.
0: He is a pugilist, which is one of Brian uh, Burke's favorite words. But you know what he is? He is one of the best playmakers in the National Hockey League. I think I tweeted it before, and I probably will write about it at some point. Um, we talked for the longest time about the most underrated player in the NHL, is Sasha Barkov. No, the most underrated in the NHL player in the NHL is Jonathan Huberto. I think that's. Like a Stone Cold Dead, yeah, lead, lead pipe lock at this. Definitely point. A
1: winger. Um... He he
0: is like every time you watched him play after that hip injury, you think he's not going to play better, and then he plays better every night. It's insane. It's I I it is I don't know if we appreciate Jonathan Huberto as much as we should, but you know when we talk about like yeah, and he's
1: integral to the to the to the team in other ways too. Oh, but. he's
0: he is so good. I think. You know, dressing room things, and you know, but, dressing room things. Oh, you know, I I don't want to use the I don't want to use the buzzwords and you know like the band words, <laughs> but you know what I mean. But also, I, like, I
1: mean, dude, but like he's he mm, excuse me, oh, um,
0: we're, we're we're getting choked up talking mm, about how good he is.
1: Yeah, he's the guy who yells at other people on the ice, and they respond well, and then he's one of the first guys to go celebrate with them or like pick them up so you know I, I, he was the other captain pick for me and, and you
0: know what I he's playing like he is wearing a suit a bad choice and obviously it's worked for him but boy can you can you not say like this, this dude is playing up to a level that even like the most ardent Uberdo supporters in all of us are could have ever imagined it's I, I, I mean we've watched him since that first shift in his first game where he scored. And, you know, like, a lot of what happened in 16-17 was because Huberto wasn't healthy. But, like, my God, he's even better than we thought. And that's a credit to him. And he's getting better at age 26. You don't normally see players, like, normally at this point, you somewhat plateau, but he hasn't done that. And he's just, man. Whatever Yager taught him and whatever playing with Barkov taught him, he's now, he's sunning people now. He's like, I am going to beat you, and I don't care how how embarrassed you are when I beat you. I love I love players like that, and he doesn't do it, you know, in a like Marchand kind of way. You know what I mean? And he is not Brad Marchand in any way. But you saw what he does. He's the first to get into scrums too. Like, he he is a. He's got everything you want. I'm so happy for him that he's playing like legit out of his mind. And he is now the franchise leader in assists. And as we said, by the end of the season, he'll be the franchise leader in points, which I mean, he's, he's as it was
1: destined the be.
0: It is beautiful. And I love Jonathan Huberdeau. Uh I will say yep. about our Brian Boyle takes because I wasn't a huge fan of that signing. Not terrible. you not you know what I'll if I I will say reasonably that there are times when I will admit that I was wrong and it's not like Boyle has been ama- he shouldn't be playing second line minutes but he's been fine. I mean
1: he needs to because I don't know if you I don't know if you noticed even when he plays wing Boyle's the one playing center in the defensive <laughs> zone. So was
0: a, there was a time when Boyle was centering Trocheck in practice and I went uh oh somebody was reading my hockey. And then it didn't happen, but I, you know what, at a point I wouldn't be opposed to seeing it happen, because he's actually done what you need him to do, and again, not going to be amazing, but I can't really complain about Brian Boyle, like, you've gotten him on a reasonable hit, he's doing everything you need him to do, He's he has not been a liability in any way. So, yeah, I mean, it, just I, whatever I, I,
1: amalgamation of the second line they put out there—it's all guys besides Brian Boyle who can't play defense. So you kind of need that Brian Boyle type who's just going to sit there and be like, "All right, I'm going to do all of this stuff and just let you guys cherry pick." <laughs> For well, the most when, part. It's,
0: when you're on a line with Trocheck and uh, Brett Connolly, who, by yeah. the way, uh, who does?
1: who does nothing but score five on five goals. And like, I don't even know what he's doing half the time. Sometimes he's just standing out in the middle of nowhere for like three periods. And then he'll just score two five on five goals with like zero effort. And I'm like, what is this guy doing?
0: It's so funny. Like that goal he scored. Um, (laughs) how crazy was that goal? He scored like it's in the middle of nowhere. It's just like, how is he doing this? And remember, last year, Brett Connolly, everything he did was power play. Like, everything he did was that second unit for the Capitals. And he has no power play goals this year. It's all even strength. It's what? It's funny how it works. And I was like, you know what? I like this signing. I think this could be sneaky good. I mean, he has issues, obviously, as a player. He has limitations. But you sign him to do that, and he's scoring goals. So I can't really complain about Brett Connolly at this point. Mulligan, um, he's not been playing quite as well as he played earlier, but as a 3C, he earned his job. No issues with that. Uh, Frank Vetrano looks faster than he's ever looked. I, I, Again, you can't really complain about that. I know we had an argument once on this podcast about the Vetrano trade, and it actually, you know what, they found a role for him, and it's working.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just didn't think that they were – I mean, we've seen it with other players. We're seeing it with Tippett and Borgstrom. that there's just a lot of players – that they just struggle to find a role for. And then there's other players like hunt or, you know, different players that will always have more leeway. Um, and well, sometimes Brian Hunt,
0: we just saw that the leeway went away. So, right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But they have longer leashes. They have, you know, where um, or they have, you know, at least different standards and and different Bars to clear. Well, Dennis
0: Molden um, was one of those players who got yo-yoed and was never really treated properly, and now you can see what happens when you do treat him with the respect that he deserved. And he's, you know, he's played pretty dang well. Can't complain about that. Same with, and I know, and as everybody says, I well, understand it, why they would bristle at the Mike Hoffman trade stuff, but I, I agree with you. Like that is a replaceable thing. His shot. Well, because you
1: can be actually get a, a defenseman. Because if oh, it, yeah. 100%. I mean,
0: and you're not resigning. We have
1: offseason. Yeah, I mean, eventually, eventually, Florida needs to sit down and say, "All right, looking at our D prospects, we maybe, maybe have a top four defenseman in there. Maybe uh, we need top four defensemen." We need to turn this over pretty quickly to make use of the years we have of Hibrio and Barkov at this contract hit. We have Bobrovsky, and then after then we have Knight. Like, we need to become a Nashville a defenseman. Obviously, a lot of that's drafting and stuff, but for the immediate, you need something in two to three years that's going to be someone who can play 20 minutes and carry a defensive parent because you're looking at, all right, you need someone who can play with Ekblad, and then you need someone who can carry the second pair, and then you have Yandel to carry the third pair. And that's how you have to kind of look at it, because Matheson maybe fits in on the second pair, but he's probably not the driver of the second pair. So you need to find someone who can play with Matheson and drive that second pair. Um, And you need to find a more long-term Ekblad partner. I don't think it's... Weigar, just because I think you don't...
0: At some you, point, he's not going to play like this anymore. And as much as yeah, it more... actually did, I just, I can't imagine, and I agree with you, I can't imagine him continuing to do what he was doing. Like You if need if a much more assertive
1: defenseman. get two
0: out of three games of Weigar playing like that, then you're doing cartwheels.
1: Yeah, I but, mean, ideally, you need Travis Sandheim for Eklad, and you need...
0: Funny how you mention that.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, if you could just mix the Flyers and the Panther Panthers and have a real crossover episode, and they just you know the take
0: cup. they would win the cup.
1: Yeah, you just blend the two forward groups together, and you'd have like four first lines, and then yeah.
0: you'd have you'd have you'd have you'd, you'd on, mix like, a third line or something, and you'd have you'd have yeah. second line center Sean Couturier with Trocheck as his winger.
1: I mean, f- Philadelphia would be a great team to, to trade with because they have, I yeah, mean...
0: I agree with you. I agree. I mean, cause it looks like the you don't
1: the, the problem is Philadelphia, the first defenseman they want to trade is go to spare, and, and, and that's not... And the, that's
0: not what the Panthers need.
1: And that's who the Panthers would be enticed to take, too, as well, so... Oh, because,
0: of, because of the stupid Broward connections, and I am all about bringing... And then the
1: other defenseman home. they could have taken is maybe TJ Brody, and, and we and know what yeah, happened that there, that, so.
0: that was so such a shame. I feel bad for him. Yeah. that That's awful, but, I mean um we'll get to the flyers uh as well um is there any other player before we start talking about goaltending that you wanted to mention because I think that there have been some you know like more often like like really there's just a lot of positives like there's not a lot of like wow that's terrible when you look at I mean you have them obviously Josh Brown you have Pesek you know what they are Matheson is is Mike Matheson and, you know, we can, we can gripe about little things here and there, but more often than not, you're talking positive, 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 pretty good, he's better than I thought he was going to be, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially at forward. Um,
0: yeah, this is a team that is and... going to be able to, probably on most nights, outscore its issues. and that, And that is, again, it's a wide-open league. They have a ridiculous power play, obviously. They didn't the, the key
1: night. is how many points do they give away and how how they much are they going to,
0: by the way, can I say something that I don't know if you know this, but if I am looking at everything uh, correctly, let me uh, go quickly tap dance for a second. I believe that last night was actually the first time that the Florida Panthers won two consecutive games in regulation.
1: That's concerning to me.
0: It, of course, it is. I'm not going to and,
1: dispute that. And, and to me, that's why there's impetus to do some change over on the defense. Because I want to talk. Because it's not Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky hasn't been the issue. And you've.
0: Well, and, get to that and in a second, because um, he's been he's been lost two games consecutively in regulation, but last night was the first time they won consecutive games right. in regulation. But,
1: but and and now that you're 21 games into the season, you have to move away from that being okay and that being that being meeting expectations. Because to now it's after not. After
0: the uh, the game last night, he was still like. He didn't want to, like, take the bait of how positive everyone was. He's still thinking, like, you know what? I wasn't happy with certain things. You can see it on his face, right? Like, every time you watch a Joel Quenville press conference, he is, and it's a a coach thing, but with the Panthers, it is important because you're being held to a higher standard. This isn't about celebrations. It's like, I'm always thinking we need to do something better here. We need to do he always he mentioned it right off the top. They came at us in the third period. And he's right, they I'm, did. I'm
1: hoping I'm hoping town feels the same way. And I'm hoping that they're they're working together to
0: make changes because with Boyle, if you look at what happens with all the call ups, if you look at what happens with the way the roster's been managed, I think they are actually working together pretty well on what's happening. I think that they already have that relationship where they kind of know each other well enough to be able to, you know, have that symbiotic thing going on, and hopefully that's what happens. And I think Joel Quenville is probably said at a point. We need to get a D, and I'm sure Dale. Town- I
1: want. I just want to see. I want to see some defensemen up. I, I want to see that because I that's, think that's, we're that's- at the we're at the point that it's. If we're going to put Hunt on waivers, we're going to put... We can put Brown on waivers. Is, uh, I, I mean... Would, I would... Or...
0: Brian Hunt didn't get claimed, too, so...
1: Yeah. I mean, or Brian just... Yeah. Or.
0: So, uh, let's move on to the debate of the century. Well, probably not. Uh, let's go to goaltending. Uh, I wrote on the Rat Trick just a few days ago. It was before the Ranger game. It was after the Winnipeg game. That Bobrovsky has been bad. Now... I know you're not the biggest fan of stats like goals saved above average, etc., and we'll get into that a little bit, but he has made great saves at key times in almost every game he's played. And I will not deny you that a lot of the things that have happened in front of him are still bad. Now, even if you are not the biggest fan of goals saved above average, and it is an imperfect metric, and we do not have perfect goalie metrics yet, and we won't until we have player tracking, and we might not get that for a while... If you are below somebody like Corey Schneider, Jonathan Quick, and goals saved above average, that at least tells something. That is my statement. I cannot say that Sergei Bobrovsky has been, on the whole, good. Certainly not what you paid for. However, in the last two games, when called upon, he's been pretty good. If that's the Sergei Bobrovsky you get most nights, the Panthers have enough to outscore their issues. Now, Tommy, you have the floor.
1: I I just think that if you look at his performance in context, you just can't say that it's bad. The first two things you mentioned were how he's faced a lot of bad chances. The play in front of him hasn't been that good.
0: Well, it has and been good at times. But he's still, had, in every
1: game, it, it made gets... big saves and had a big period that's kept Florida in, in games. And just on that alone, I think you have to say he's at least been fine to, to, you know, whatever you want to categorize that.
0: Okay, so I can absolutely see where you're coming from. And that is correct, because in every game, he hasn't, like, even when he's given up beach balls... Like he has made big saves, I will take the the uh, what's a good example? The Ranger game on Saturday. I mean, the first couple were defensive breakdowns, but also ones that probably shouldn't go in. And then in the third period, he was great. So yeah. I, I don't disagree with you. However, I, and Nero, I think that, that a lot those... was a good example of what happens when he plays poorly. And it's not like the Panthers. That was one of those end of road trip or coming home kind of games, and they were sleepy in that game. But also, the second period against Boston was one of those where you're just like, you can't have that. Like, those were bad. Those were mistakes. And Bobrovsky will tell you he isn't playing well enough. And obviously, he's going to tell you as well that Fine isn't going to cut it, which is correct. Fine shouldn't cut it. But I think when he is where he is right now, it is indicative of something. He is not playing up to what you think Sergei Bobrovsky can play at in terms of that level. Can we agree on that? Yeah,
1: but I mean, I think I think it's only you know it's at least fine, and I think a lot of it. If you want to look at some of his mistakes and beach balls, I mean, you're looking at low glove side shots near side where he's leaning back post because he's, you know, hesitant with how the game has gone or how the last few games has go- have gone at that point.
0: So you're where- Morgan Frost goal basically. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's goals like that where both of his defensemen leave him completely isolated or that he just gets exposed. And then there's other goals where, you know, he has no help in front of the net, and so he's always expecting that he has to jump to the other post, that he has to always be ready for for that because that stick's not going to get picked up. That person's not going to be marked or checked. By Pissick, by Brown, by whoever, and a lot of it is he's also just worn down a lot. Like when you have to bail out your team for long shifts all the time,
0: Luongo kind of go through that at points.
1: Yeah, and then what would Luongo do? Give up? Give up a flub because he saved everything, you know? He saved everything, the kitchen sink included. And then, you know, he'll let, like, an outside shot, like, it'll just, like, hit his pad wrong. Or first, ramp up like, off his blocker and go under the net or I something can't like that. I not remember the first you know?
0: goal against Winnipeg, but there was a, a good example of, of, like, that kind of thing. Like, yeah. and, and, and it's, and again, am I saying, like, he's been a catastrophic failure? No. This is a team that is good enough to this outscore is... some of its issues, but... I cannot what, say that he's... What did you say?
1: There. Like, his expected goals is, 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 one, it is one below, it negative is one?
0: minus it Right now, as I'm looking at it at Charting Hockey, if you look at hockey reference, it's going to be basically in the same ballpark. It's minus 12.7. So, he is below Martin Jones, who is bad. Uh, Jonathan Quick, who has also been bad, but has been playing better lately. It's, of all the qualified goalies I see, he's the worst out of all of them. Now, That's you know, like I, what?
1: One per game or whatever? Less than one per game? And that's, um, that's with that's with me saying that Matheson, Pissick, and Brown playing all in the same night is good for at least one goal a game.
0: Um, well, if I look back at on their expected goals, which thankfully we can look at that on the wonderful Charting Hockey. Uh, thank you, Sean Tierney, for uh, producing this wonderful website where we have such a great resource to talk about these things. If I look at player expected goal rates, I can give you an answer to that question. Uh, Mark Pessick is... His expected goal differential is minus 1 in his time on ice. Keith Yandel is minus 0. 0.7. Mike Matheson uh, – Josh Brown is minus 0. 0.2, 2.5. And Matheson is actually plus 0. 0.1. Isn't that funny?
1: I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean those he, – those, those of how these that's... things are
0: calculated, and they all uh, uh, amount to different things. But when I look yeah. at it, I, I agree with you that it is not all – just Bobrovsky, and here's the I mean, other thing. And I he's,
1: he's he's used to Torts' his D that are predictable. That's a huge thing, predictable.
0: Yeah, and the defense score in Columbus is consistent, so dependable.
1: It, it, you know that. Yeah, but it, it's it's easy for a goalie to play there. They don't they don't throw their bodies around shots at the last minute that they're not going to save and just be big screens like Josh Brown does all the time. These they don't. You know they're a little, they're a little better about how they steer and mark opponents. They are much harsher and more challenging and engaging in front of the net. I mean, and not they don't just let people screen. They move them out of the way and they don't let them get rebounds. And that is not. And when you're thinking about that, and when you're trying to overcome that as a goalie, and when you're trying to get familiar with D. And you're having trouble trusting them. That's that's an issue. And you you're I'm leaning on the fact that he's won two Veznas, that he's figured all this out before, that he's
0: he's perfectly c-
1: of- that he's every year gotten better as the season gone along. So I I don't really see the need to do anything like say anything like he's played bad or he's anything like that because to me, it's what are we doing to have Porofsky have success? I don't think we're playing him in the right games necessarily all the time. one area where we're I think giving... we will
0: agree. Is that and I don't think, you know. Much, they need to give him one of these nights off. Please, yeah. I know they won't do it, but. It's like, it's like, like how we, we treat
1: prospects I mean, or how we used to treat you know, Barkov or, or Trocek or something like where we just wouldn't give them wingers. And we just be like, why isn't it working? Or, you know, it's kind of like one of those things if, where if, if you're like,
0: listening to this show and of course you aren't, but maybe some of the people from the Panthers that we know do listen to this show uh, can, can do it. Please start Martin on one of these nights when you're playing a team like Anaheim, it's not going to kill you. You don't need to play Bobrovsky in every game. And the examples are there when they played Luongo too much in fifteen sixteen. He got burnt out by the time we got to the playoffs. If you're playing Bobrovsky 62 games, and then you're going to have a first round series against, let's just say Tampa. I know what he did against them last year. You need to give him a little bit of a rest. I'm not yeah. saying you platoon him with Montenbo, but Montenbo has done enough to prove that he should start other than back-to-backs. And I hope I, that I
1: understand why he gets like Philadelphia and stuff. Cause that's,
0: yeah, but it's, that's big ducks. for the stand. We're talking but... the ducks or a, Thursday night against a Monday night against Ottawa, you can start Montembeau in that game. You don't need Bobrovsky. Like play Montembeau a little bit more. I know they're going to have back to backs. I like when they have a back to back coming up. Columbus and San Jose. I know who they're going to play Montembeau against, and I know who they're going to play Bobrovsky against. But when we're talking about Ottawa, play him against the Senators or this game against the Ducks. Play him against Anaheim. What are you losing playing Montembeau against Anaheim? Nothing. You know what I mean? Those are the games you play him against. Or yeah. in, in the front end of a back-to-back, because they're going to have one later in the year with Detroit and Montreal, play Montembeau in the front end and let Bobrovsky have the not, back end.
1: Yeah, and you're not sitting Bobrovsky or anything like that. or You're just giving him nights off. You're building chance to build up goodwill so he doesn't get pulled in games so he can, you know, maybe if Bob's not doing well, quit. Quinville will put him in sooner because he knows Monty can step up and stuff. So like there's things that can be done with it without it being viewed as Bob's being bad. He needs to sit out a few games there might be times where it's better for Monty to play two games in a row because there, there are certain types of impo- opponents, and they have to not be afraid to do that. Just like they have to not be afraid to, I'm as I keep an, harping an on, of the I'll give you
0: an example of the schedule coming up. the I think They have like a nine-game homestand coming up. Like, they're going to yeah. have a game, they're going to have a stretch where they play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, okay? The Saturday game is Nashville, the Tuesday game is Minnesota, they stink and then the Saturday game is Columbus. If you played Bobrovsky on Saturday against Nashville, you gave him a a rest against the bad Minnesota Wild, and then you got him rested and ready to play his old team, what's the harm going to be when you do that? Like Then you've got a Monday night game against the Senators. You don't need to play, and that's right after a game against Boston. Don't play Bobrovsky in that game. Play Montenbeau. Or when you look at like a stretch, when you have – after, like, right at the New Year, you have a road game in Columbus, then you have a road game in Ottawa, then you have a back-to-back in Buffalo and Pittsburgh. Montembeau should play the Ottawa game because you know Bobrovsky's going to be really emotional going to play his old team in his old building on New Year's Eve. You play Montembeau on that Thursday, and then you have a chance for your back-to-back, Bobrovsky's refreshed and ready to go. Again, and then you have a stretch where you, like, you don't play, you play Toronto on a Sunday, and your next game's a Thursday against the Kings, Play Montembeau against the Kings. The Kings are bad. You know, these are all little simple things you can do. You rest Bobrovsky a little bit. You give him a chance to recalculate, and you give Montembeau confidence so that if you do need him in the postseason, and they will, Montembeau's ready for that.
1: And another reason reason to get the D in order and up there because the way the offensive is playing, what we know Bobrovsky's capable of and how we know Quinville can – out coach and now we're not thinking he has to run up against babcock you know like
0: well because for all all, let's be honest right
1: yes he could but you know there's john when you think
0: and and it's
1: one less nhl playoff experience coach that the the panthers might have to go
0: up against julian john cooper bruce cassidy in the atlantic division and let's say they cross over into the into the metro and they play washington even though Todd right. Reardon isn't an amazing coach, you're still coaching against a pretty damn good NHL coach. So right. the one thing he also wanted to mention is our old friend, Rob Tallis. And uh, I, I do want to say that, that it's um, a good
1: point. It's a good it, it point about the about goaltending, goaltending situation. Coaching
0: and, it, and as we've seen with Mitch Korn, with Mike Bales or any number of other goaltending coaches, it does help. And I'm not saying the
1: ones, the ones who are, you know, have the resume to be, an NHL goal, goal coach. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, the biggest thing that has Talas being an NHL goalie coach is that he's been an NHL goalie coach for the Panthers before, but I mean, it had, I'm not sure what the results are other than he's a likable personal guy or everything. But if we go through this year uh, and Bobrovsky is, you know, shaky and is only like a nine nine oh nine nine eleven. 909 911, you know, goaltender, and, you know, is uncomfortable. I mean, I could easily see Talos finally get the boot because you just have too much money invested in Bobrovsky and Roberto too much on the line. Special
0: advisor to the GM and goaltender. Well,
1: I mean, like, I don't want to rush to that, too, because the other guy is uh, that was a joke. Luongo's brother, too, which is like, okay, well, what's his credential that he wasn't as good as Roberto Luongo, who like, could I also, you know,
0: like, why, yeah. Like, I mean? like,
1: Luongo, Lu- Leo Luongo can be, like, a goalie coach and everything, but you might have to bring in a Mitch Corn, a Mitch, you know, somebody like that, because you have Spencer Knight and Bobrovsky, you have Montembeau, you have three good goalies, and you have yeah, and
0: Spencer Knight
1: and and Bed Bednar's not a terrible goalie, and you're hoping that they're going to continue to draft and develop good goalies and and not be fools. So you want to get somebody in there and and like let's just be honest like that's not rob tallis like he's a nice guy he's got some funny things about like how he's
0: been a goalie on the bench twice for us 2015 we remember that
1: yeah and like you can keep him on the team you can he can be a goalie coach you can video coach What i mean like whatever you want to do but like bring in a guy Bring, bring in Bobrovsky's rushing guy. Bring in somebody that Spencer Knight is comfortable with and then just try to make it work with a Ber- Bobrovsky, too. You know, like, bring in somebody like that because there is nothing, like, I can see that points to me and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm comfortable with Spencer Knight with Rob Tallis. let alone, like, I'm comfortable with Bobrovsky needs something fixed or gets in his own head that, like, Rob Tallis is the guy to go to you know like it's not Quinville's, like initial goal nhl coaches just aren't the greatest with goalies and all that stuff and like they don't really know how to work them and like get them out of those things you really need especially in this day and age of dedicated goalie coach Mm -hmm. and Um, like we're moving into premier elite categories and the and the way we present and the way the florida panthers present the project the 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 product and you know like they they say they want to you know they say like we want to be you know an elite team and all this stuff that is how you do it like you see what mitch corn has done to the islanders and what barry trots have done to the islanders like the islanders have 13 regular rows right now to the panthers eight yeah and they played two less games yeah take that into consideration
0: have they played two fewer games Yeah, Um, they've only played 19 games and they have 13.
1: They have 15 wins in 19 games. Jeez,
0: they have 13 rows the Panthers and also regulation wins. They have. So if you
1: and that's because they match. They have good strength. They they have good coaches for their strengths. Yeah. They needed the good goaltending. They They brought in Mitch. Let's
0: be honest, but I mean,
1: right? I mean, so. That's imagine what the Panthers could do with Quinville and a good goalie coach. Well, if they that
0: Quinville and Corn. Good luck, everybody else. Yeah,
1: I mean, and it doesn't. We it doesn't have to be the Quinville of goaltending coaches like Corn or you know is. It can be just someone who's not the Daryl Powell of goaltending coaches because that's who the Panthers have right now. Uh
0: okay. So I think that's everything Panthers related we could possibly talk about, and. I want to now get to the Flyers since this is a crossover episode. Um, I've watched some of Mike the games.
1: Sillinger? I don't want to be too Mike harsh Sillinger. with Daryl Powell. Mike, really? Did Mike Sillinger? Okay, I mean,
0: fine. I don't know. Uh, like in Kendall between a Mike Kreps. Sillinger,
1: Daryl Powell.
0: How about Camille Krebs? Is that a good one for you? Uh,
1: I don't think he has as much swagger.
0: Peter Peter Tide No, okay, I'm kidding. Um Brendel. We've had to Kendall McCartle before we started recording. I think there's a good answer for you. Uh, let's go to the Flyers, because um, this is a crossover episode. Um, when I watched them,
1: no excitement last night. They, they just nothing in the there. tank.
0: No, they look they look they look spent. But I do think that that's a again. I, I
1: almost wanted to check what the weather was down there.
0: Oh boy! You know what I mean? You thinking, thinking they went to South Beach? You thinking they took Morgan Frost to South Beach? Is what you're telling me?
1: I I don't know what they did, but he's um, not legal
0: to drink yet, Morgan Frost. By the way.
1: Talented kid. Oh, he's good. Cool. He's
0: really good. One thing we talked about last night we are texting is, like, Ron Hextall could draft. He didn't know how to necessarily put that into a plan where he could get all of the draft picks to come matriculate it the, at the way he wanted it to. Maybe he wanted things a little too perfect. But, boy, can he draft. I mean, I know Joel Farabee's is better than he played last night because last night he was bad. But, I mean, I love I love Frost. I mean, they put him in his first game between Giroux and Konechny. I mean, yeah, That's-
1: the sanheim Myers pair is nice. I lo- uh, uh,
0: Philippe Myers, I can't believe he wasn't playing as much as he was. But I, the one thing I like that Chuck Fletcher has done is that as soon as there's a sign of trouble, let's call up another kid, see if they can give us a, a spark. They don't wait, you know, to do that, Right.
1: It's inspiring.
0: Because the, the Panthers last year, I wonder.
1: Long. I wonder why I'm so inspired about the Panthers doing the same.
0: I know, isn't it great? Um, but yeah. I,
1: mean, I mean, it's a it's a very similar team of a, of a new coach new goal and you know a somewhat new goaltender some some proposed goaltender struggles some
0: well, some I don't think Carter badly last I mean the, one of the goals was the Connolly was a perfect shot the other but again, he's
1: but he's had games very similar to Bobrovsky
0: oh yeah I mean like last night that wasn't his fault that the team in front of him you know gave all that space to Barkoff and Huberto which you shouldn't yeah. do. but no
1: Justin Brown didn't have a I, I thought Justin Brown started the season off well but he's kind of rounded into
0: Justin Braun
1: yeah, G- got this very I mean, is still...
0: He's still very ghost. I
1: mean, he, he's he's like Matheson. I mean, a more successful Matheson, I must... When I look at the
0: Flyers out. and expected goals, they got a lot of guys up in that positive quadrant. So they, they've not been bad. And I mean, like, you're looking at they're, Oscar Lindblom. Well, the, But the other biggest problem is their leading scorer is Oscar Lindblom. That's an issue. Right.
1: I mean, they're not... They have the usual Panthers luck of not being able to finish. But they're also the same way of... They don't give up too too many chances all the time, but when they do, they, like they, they end up back, back at the net. net. Their quality, their defenseman making bad passes, their forwards not back checking or, some, or a bad like, line change. There's something where you can look back on the tape and be like, there, that's why the goal happened. Yep. You shouldn't do that too much um and and that's kind of the way with florida it's not like oh wow that guy really skated around us i
0: I thought that they were going to be not worse but like they're they're not out of this by any means like the problem i mean Metros. i mean the islanders are way better than any of us thought i think the
1: east is just bad this year i mean i think if we're being
0: when you look at it like in the east the capitals are still the capitals they always do this in the regular season the islanders have a horseshoe stuck up their rear end carolina you know figured themselves out a little bit. The Penguins have just been injured all season, but, you know, they haven't been bad. I thought that a lot of us thought the Penguins could fall off this year. Haven't really done that yet. Um, You know, we've talked about Tampa and Toronto, obviously. Montreal has been a little bit better than expected. The Bruins are still the Bruins. I think that it's just there isn't like that super team, you know what I mean? Like that team that everyone's gunning for. No, ways, and,
1: I, and I think it hurts that two of the possible super teams have had injuries. You're looking at Pittsburgh, Colorado. I mean, Colorado's still doing well for themselves, but you you would think that they would be a super team like the if they were right healthy. The best team right now in the
0: Pacific is Edmonton, and the Panthers steamrolled the Oilers when they played them, so I still have my right. doubts about how good Edmonton I
1: mean, Edmonton's Edmonton's a pass the ball to Tucker, you know, to you know quote Pay Arnold. Right now but... in, the, uh,
0: in the Pacific Division,
1: Arizona I, I
0: told you I told you I'm so excited. Yeah,
1: but I mean like Arizona is having a better year than the Panthers if you just look at that stat line.
0: Um in many ways yes, cuz also they're better defensively and they have better goaltending. <laughs> um there is that, but I mean I think Right. Just... But but
1: but I mean that my issue is that these days I, I, it always just gets chalked up to better goaltending. Well, like is, you know, they, really, oh, they, they yeah. just need a save, or they're they're just getting a save. we're looking at PDO, we are, we're looking at save percentage, all the stuff. Need, but like that is, like Arizona has always played a better brand of team hockey. They
0: are not as good offensively, but they make you work for every inch. Did you ever? And that's just and as
1: important, and that's what coach. we, and that's what the Panthers can't forget. You like. Joe Especially Quenville in the playoffs, anything, the you can't just outscore your problems. Joel Quenneville
0: says it, by the way. Like, he wants yeah. the team game to be better. So he understands that. If you look, and I know some of you might not be the biggest fan of some of the expected goal starts, the Panthers have it on the right side of the quadrant, uh, of the right two quadrants, the fun and good, fun meaning they give up a lot of chances, but they get a lot, and good, pretty good. All of the Coyotes players are in the dull category, which should tell you a lot about how Rick Tockett wants his team to play. But it works. It works. Because they're going to make the playoffs if they continue to play like this, and I will be very excited if they do. Because that's something I've wanted to see, and I really want them to make the playoffs. So, good good on you, Arizona. Um, other, I think other stories uh, around the league that I want to talk about. Um... Well, I,
1: I think I just want to tie tie low on on Philadelphia. I think they're they're a team that. Um... They they're, they're not going to really make any moves. They're not really going to – I don't think they're really going to do anything, especially if he keeps going on this like, wild card bubble throughout the season. Which
0: is funny, But I could the see them – to do something.
1: But I think that they are going to make big splashes after the season. I think that the way – You're
0: telling me they're signing Alex Petrangelo.
1: No, I mean I I think they could make a big splash at the draft. I don't know what they're going to do, but me gonna I think they're going to trade
0: for New Jersey native Johnny Gaudreau.
1: That I I would say I would keep an eye on for sure. Oh. I think that Can you is, imagine is right that Can you imagine I if that happened?
0: You imagine if that happened.
1: Yeah, I mean I could see Calgary taking a center and a defenseman for goudreau or center you know like some sort of package for goudreau and philadelphia is a team that has the package they could tr- trade you a goalie they could trade you a defenseman they could trade you a center winger they could they could go into handedness with you because they're just that deep because they got wade allison they got you know all these guys they could just keep going 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 uh, they got german rumsfeld they got frost they got farabee they got all this stuff and then they and that's just the ones making the clip now yeah. they have nolan patrick they have Oh, they've guys. They have Voracek who doesn't have any trade protection. They have, you yeah, know, they have give... all these
0: guys that they just drafted. I mean, like almost anything they want they've got a lot of assets uh, but, and and, I, and I just what johnny we what Goudreau
1: we know is that chuck by the way chuck has been given the green light to do what he needs to do
0: i have just spoken johnny gaudreau into to the flyers into existence though i i regret that i'm sorry yeah
1: i mean i, I won't push it too much because uh, well, I, I, I i saw somebody but...
0: talking about the trade gaudreau thing last night on twitter and i was just like really i think we do that
1: but, I, I mean, yeah, they they might do a big move like that, but I think they have to do a lot of, like, housekeeping moves. Like, I, I think they have to – they have a lot of defensemen who are coming up and right there. I mean, they have
0: – I would encourage the Panthers to trade for Oliver Shillington or Rasmus Anderson. Yeah. I would encourage them to do that. Uh, other I would that, as well. Other things that I find interesting in the league uh, today um, – Again, Toronto firing Mike Babcock in the middle of the show was quite nice of them to do. Holding
1: on the Babcock just long enough to not be able to bid for Quinville. Thank yes. you so much, Toronto. Very Thank you. Good. I appreciate it. Because, you, know, you can have the possibility of Sheldon Keith working out, but we'll have Joel Quinville. Ha ha
0: ha. Well, Joel, well, also, here's the thing. I don't know how many horse racing tracks there are outside of, uh, the G- in the GTA. I have no idea. I will ask my sources up there how many there are.
1: No, but the the one junior league up there is Renault, uh, known as the horseshoe. So, uh, ah, that yeah,
0: that area in that in that part called the gold, uh, called the the isn't it called the Golden Horseshoe? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Somebody can tell me if yeah. I'm wrong or not. Uh, but yes. So, horse racing tracks good for him. Uh, and also you know you're taxed a lot in Ontario. Although he would be making American dollars as opposed to Canadian dollars, which is which is almost quite like the uh Florida tax situation, but not not quite. Uh, but still very good. Um, uh, I, you know what? I was never going to expect that Babcock was going to be the first coach fired this year, but the way that they've been playing, I'm not surprised. So where does Mike Babcock go next? What's his next coaching job?
1: Oh, I think he is, um, cause I you know, can't
0: think of many places where he I, he's
1: definitely, I don't think coaching this year.
0: I think he oh he'll like, take a seat like,
1: back because if you who needs a coach right now?
0: Um, um, let me see. Like the Calgary's the most like pressing, bad, right? Like but Calgary, you
1: could see I could see San Jose. But like if he waits till the end of the year, I, and he's the type of guy who has the credentials and the cred still to call the shot. So he could wait till after the year and call up Edmonton and be like, Hey, I wanna work with Connor McDavid.
0: Oh and ruin Connor McDavid too.
1: Yeah, I mean sure. But
0: Dave Tippett hasn't quite done that, so good good for Dave.
1: You know, you could see him Minnesota.
0: Do you think Bill Guerin would do that though? Oh, I don't know about that. I mean I don't
1: see it. I I mean it's kinda like Clinville where after he was fired it was kinda I, like yeah we all know, know what? this is like I, a,
0: I agree with you. Like a, I, yeah. I legit think we're calling sabbaticals now. I think But like I- in
1: three weeks I think in three weeks you'll probably know who wants to be involved. Um but I mean like who who else anybody. would you know, I, I I think Babcock definitely would I don't think, you know, he'd Vancouver, Calgary are in the market i mean i think not dallas now. may be in the coaching market but i don't think babcock's going to dallas
0: well dallas has worked themselves out of their trouble so i'm not sure uh by the way have you heard jim montgomery call out every one of his players like oh calling out the saying first Ottawa? like a fourth no see? it's not going to be the senators they don't have money Sir, uh, I mean, they, pull a you, they don't have to like, pay, him pay him too much. Toronto's paying him a lot. <laughs> Can you, Well, no, but you remember when the Panthers tried to sign Dan Bilesma and they wanted the Penguins to play like two point five million out of the three point two five salary? Like that's what Ottawa's gonna do. They're not. He's not going to the Senators. I think if you're talking about any team, like if Pittsburgh ever fell apart, I think Babcock could be a guy you go in there because you know they want to prolong the cup window. The only other team I could think of is San Jose.
1: If Philly didn't just sign Vigneault, you,
0: yeah, I would say yeah, he, that, that'd
1: be a Comcast type hire, but
0: they, 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 but they hired Vigneault, and I, I, I would agree with you there. Uh, but I I'm happy with Vigneault over You that, know what? So. He actually hasn't done as bad as I thought he was going to do.
1: No, no, and they, you know, because they, they, they gave him good coaches for him. They went out well, got yeah, Kevin no, Hayes they, for they, him. The they,
0: flyers wipe out Dave Hackstall and Panthers assistant that wasn't actually all that great, Paul McCarland. Don't an, do that, teams. If Colorado, has...
1: hanging in there oh, with, with all the injuries, oh God, looking. How great are the athletes? They are fun. They are exciting. I mean, with all their injuries, they still have he's a good 12. Well, the car
0: is going to win the Calder. Like, I yep. thought Kaka was going to be – like, he's been good, but, like, David Quinn doesn't want to play him five on five. And speaking of that, the Rangers aren't hiring Babcock either. They're, they've got too much invested in David Quinn. But um, – you know, Kako hasn't played enough five on five, and Jack Hughes is on a horrible Devils team. The Devils suck. Who in their right mind thought the Devils were going to make the playoffs this year? Shouldn't... Where's
1: Taylor Hall going?
0: I didn't. What?
1: Where's Where's Taylor Hall going?
0: Oh, good lord. Uh, Pan- no, I'm kidding. it's not going to the Panthers, but wouldn't that be something?
1: I, I mean, there's there's no, always they gotta, they
0: gotta they gotta save their capital for Barkov and Uberdo, so I don't think they can do that. But I mean.
1: I mean, if it was as a rental, Go sure. Go to the
0: Abs, please. But,
1: like, yeah, it's Wouldn't not would be, Panthers. like, if
0: they went to the Abs? that would be a team that you'd literally have to watch every single night because they would I mean, to- they
1: they are that right now. They, I, mean, they, I mean,
0: can I say that the two games. There's
1: not one play player app on app. that team that I would not take on one of my other teams I root for. Uh, like they, I there's just not one player I would all of them. take.
0: All of, you of know? them. All of them. I would take – their goaltending is very good, obviously. Their
1: defense, obviously. I,
0: well, McKinnon-Barkoff is still a debate we can have. And I mean,
1: like, I would – I'm not saying take over, but, like, yeah, you know, every, I mean, like, I, just a player in the vacuum, yeah, I would take that player on my Rantan. team. We
0: talked about the Rantanen story because, like, again, what would the Panthers have looked like if they had Rantanen instead of Kraus, which we know for a fact that they would have taken him if he was there. And they
1: should have traded up. They were they were drafting at home. They had the they had the incentive to, oh, and you know they I should have traded have second it up.
0: Second for Yager, but I mean I know. Uh, but they are they are spectacular. I love the Abs. I mean those two games the Panthers and Abs played were just some of the most fun hockey you could watch.
1: Yep, and you're hoping that's the Stanley Cup final no, in I a year TV or two or, or something. Because
0: NBC executives would put guns down their throats, but we'd be like, oh, this is going to be great fun hockey yeah I, I love that um, so abs are abs are good like that um, trying to think of what else 13 I
1: mean, 6 and 2
0: mm-hmm. that is that is what Colorado is at this point in time yes also by the way you know what the Coyotes <laughs> back back. did on Monday that was pretty amazing you know how there was the whole controversy about the Taylor Swift banger and the uh, banger she doesn't have any banger songs I apologize for that I know that's going to get me killed in the gay community but I'm not a Taylor Swift fan uh, you know how they had a banner up at the Staples Center like her sellout streak, like the Billy Joel sellout streak in the uh, oh, yeah. in, in Madison Square Garden, and then the, and then the the Coyotes put up a banner over one of their entrances that says sellout streak. It was so great. What are we doing, NHL teams? You need to troll more. I think the Hurricanes made it okay to troll people now, and the Coyotes have done that. I want the Panthers to troll. Like and that's again, a good.
1: That's a, good, that's a good one, too. And
0: it was a really good troll. Here's the thing that I thought the Panthers should have lived in, and they've never done it because they don't want to alienate the fans. But I've always said, if you are a cynical a-hole, like, let's be honest, Tommy and I are, I have always said that yep. if you are yep, yep. A, a, one of those people, you would love being a Panthers fan because the best experiences you have are going to Panther Ranger games, which I've been to, or Panther Canadians games, and laughing at the opposing fans as they walk out of the building with their heads in their jerseys. Like, that's the thing that's awesome about being a Panthers fan is because they get to come into the building and they get to leave with egg on their face. And you know a lot of them are here anyway. You know, some of them might actually have, like, Panthers jerseys on underneath. Like, we know some people who root for the Panthers and the Blackhawks, and I'm not a big fan of that, but you do you. But, like, wouldn't you want to watch the opposing team's fans walk out of your building embarrassed? That's, that's the, always the thing I loved about the Panthers. It's like, lean into it. Make fun of them. Like, they should always do that. Especially, like, the annoying visiting fans. Like, the Habs, they're just there. I don't think they're that. The Rangers fans are annoying. The Bruins fans are annoying. Troll them. Do it. As I said, I know the Panthers won't do that because of, uh, you know, they kind of want them to come back and buy the tickets. But still a thing I think that we should do. And more teams should be in the mold of trolling troll it's fun everybody likes it like you got if you're a team organist you know what i mean like play troll songs to people like just do it it's not gonna kill you right don't you agree
1: at what point does uh does dubus get some scrutiny now um because I mean, if if you look at it, what has he? I mean, he he did well with the Nylander situation, so that's 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 a positive. Here's what Marner negative.
0: Here's what he's done. He has gone Barry
1: trade it. negative.
0: Well, at the Muzzin moment.
1: trade negative.
0: Mm, I'm not still sure about Barry and, and Muzzin just yet. I I can't say that they're that negative. I mean, he's drafted well. I don't think there's, they have a lot of assets. He's used toronto's position
1: their better drafts came when he was when he was AGM than when he was gm
0: well i will say that they do have good prospects in their in their system um mm-hmm. they have the ability to get out of a lot of cap nonsense which they've proven very adept at doing he got well, that's just ha-
1: having the, the money to swallow a lot this of is, things this is
0: true but some teams don't want to use it and they do uh he got john tavares there to be honest, he, he did that.
1: Okay, so that's a he's that's a plus. Over,
0: he's brought over some players like Mikhaev, who I think is pretty good. You know, I, I yeah, like so that. There's
1: some pluses. There's, you uh, could say that the Tavares contract, though, kind of led them down to the Mitch Marner hole.
0: And, and the, on the Austin, yes, I could say that. I'm I'm not going to – but they have other decent players. Like, you know, Freddie Anderson wasn't his trade. But, I mean, the backup goaltending situation is a thing that needs to be addressed, and they haven't addressed it. Um, So there is right. definitely that. But I don't mind what he's done. I think that what happened is, is that Dubis is...
1: I think he's just run out of his cover. I think he's just gone through all of the bullets in the chamber. Yes,
0: now he's run out of like the baked in Mike Babcock isn't my guy. And you know that he wanted to be... And also there's Brendan Shanahan and the Red Wings connection. And I can't blame Dubis for wanting to see if it would fix itself because... It, it would, and then somebody—I think it was on the Steve Dangle podcast—can you fire a coach on the road? And I'm sitting there thinking, did you not watch Gerard Gallant be escorted out of the arena in a freaking cab? Yes, you can fire coaches on the road, for Christ's sake. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. but here's the other thing about that. I think he's built a great roster, and the and the neophytes are going to talk about, you know, you need toughness, you need all of these things. It's about balance. I've always believed it's how you balance everything. And that's something I think I'm trying to learn in everything that I study, everything that I follow. It's all about balance. How can we achieve it? It's so hard to achieve, let's be honest. And I don't know if Kyle Dubis has figured out the balance yet because when he got this job in Toronto, like he was proclaimed the boy wonder, right? Everybody, and, and let's be honest, Kyle Dubis is a pretty good human being. He's done a lot of things from people we know and the people we talk to. Like he's a really, really good human being. He's a very smart guy. Management in the NHL and in professional sports is difficult. Like, not every move is going to work out. And in Toronto, everybody's keeping your eye on you at all times. So every single thing you do is magnified. The biggest problem I have with Kyle Dubas right now is that I don't think the Leafs have... Like, what's the biggest thing? If you look at the Leafs and you watch them play the Panthers, for example, right? You could watch them go Harlem Globetrotters on the Panthers in, the four, in, the, in their games in Toronto, but the Panthers ran them when they came down to Sunrise. There's that. There's the playoffs. Like, they had a chance to win those two series against the Bruins, and they didn't take advantage of them. Like, there is something to be said about this team hasn't yet accomplished what it should. Like, we, like, this is like we, we always talk about, you know, well, the Panthers, it's get in. Because for the Leafs, you know, for the longest time, they were just as bad as the Panthers were. They got to get in the dance. And then they did. But they ran out of those excuses when they lost to Washington, and then they lost to, to Boston in back-to-back years. And everybody's like, you know what? This is a huge year because we have cap situations that are going to come up. We're going to have to find ways to get these players in. The biggest thing, I think, is the defense score. I don't think that that's been managed quite as well as I, I would have hoped. Like, I
1: Everyone has trouble with decor. No one's really grasped how to re- – like, you talked about balance. No one's been able to balance the new-age defensive with the new – like, the new-age offensive defenseman. Like, there's a couple – I mean, puck there's a couple movers, different kinds how, of them. How
0: do we get but, puck movers, puck rushers, and, like, good puck management stay-at-home defensemen? You know what I mean? Like, how do we balance – in Panthers terms, how do we balance Aaron Eckblad Mike Matheson, and mackenzie Weger types
1: yeah. how do we how do we account for lefties and righties, but also not be too strict on lefties and righties' Because when we looked at two righties, Rigor and Eckblad, they put together good stats in a cemented time, so like let's not be too scared of that. you know there's a lot of balance that is just not there. It seems when you look at decors whatever philosophy they follow they stick they go they really go one way with it and they stick to like, it and they don't I, I really change that that is the they don't find team. that balance
0: maybe it's the maybe the best team in the league at it is Boston cuz they have a good balance of you know the Charas and the McAvoys. and the Grizzlies. Yeah
1: they find the gri- the grizzlicks you know yeah, they... like
0: that's like you know you like what here's i think what you said is you know what the leafs do not have they don't have a mckenzie weeger and it sounds weird to say that like Travis Dermott, kind of is, but Travis they will is, like all of their other defensemen. Like they might, but they need one now. They need a Mackenzie Weger, dependable, solid. You know, they need a Brandon Carlo type defenseman.
1: Can they need a Michael Matheson? And they uh, need Rasmus. to give us like a oh,
0: okay, 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 I see. What Rasmus
1: Anderson type. You
0: know? uh, they or they Rasmus
1: Sand-, us, Sand.
0: They need to give us Rasmus Sandin or Timothy Liljegren.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean, I mean. I would take Muzzin it. I mean...
0: Oh, I'd take Muzzin, too. But, I mean, but let's... But, joking aside, like, that, I think... Yeah, I mean, looking at their D,
1: I mean, they have Cody Cece, Riley thing. Morgan.
0: Morgan Riley.
1: No, Riley Morgan.
0: Oh, ah, okay. That's better.
1: Tyson, Tyson Berry, they're Travis Dermott. They're Martin, Martin samey. They're D. of Thamey. Justin Hall. I mean, like, what...
0: They're D. of They're... Samey.
1: they're they're like the Panthers. They just have like a couple guys, and then some guys that don't fit. Some guys who may be good but don't fit. But you know, they just. Like, and then they have know, some bad you know,
0: like, defenders. Morgan Riley's like Aaron Eckblad, I guess, right?
1: That's that's fair. Yeah.
0: Riley, and Tyson Berry would be your Mike Matheson type. Like
1: no, God I mean I would is say the... Tyson Berry way, but I would say.
0: Oh, he's better, but he's like he's kind of like Mike Matheson, and like. I would say
1: Muzzin's like... your Strawman.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh Cody C, C. C. is your Josh Brown. <laughs> Pretty clearly. Um I there is isn't really like a PESIC type, maybe like Martin, it might be Martin Morinchin. You know what? You know what we're gonna have to do? We're gonna have to go on the Steve Brown podcast and compare every Leaf's defenseman to the Panthers and be like, We've been saying this on our show forever about the defense balance for the Panthers and it's so funny how you can Look through that prism, but they don't—they don't have a Uyghur type. They don't yeah, have a then guy. You,
1: then you look at like teams like you look at Boston. Yeah. You look, Boston, Nashville, Calgary—the teams that Carolina, pump out Carolina, these gold these these defenses Washington. that everyone likes. What do they do? They have, they have guys who you'd be like, they're. Second pair guys me? playing on the third pair. They have Washington? first pair of guys playing they've on the second pair.
0: They've got pair. Radko Gudis. They've got Kebney. Like, other than Carlson, they don't have any big names, but they all just fit in their roles perfectly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah,
1: I don't, I don't know if I trust that D chord to, well, to no, hold up. I mean, if you look at Nashville's, I mean, look at Nashville's, and think about all, look at Nashville's D right now, and think about all the D they just traded away. Like, yeah. They traded away Shea Weber. They traded away Subban. They, they let Suter. Why for
0: um for PK Subban? They don't play, for yeah. me They don't play him. But it's it's it is about that balance. And if I can make my diagnosis on the Leafs, it's that they just don't have the balance. Now, will they change up the way that they play and not take ten thousand point shots? Lord willing, if you're a well, Haxall's
1: not there. That they, seems oh, to if Dave Haxall
0: and Paul McFarland. You know, maybe Paul McFarland got too much. Jack Capuano rubbing off on them, right? Yeah, I mean Jack Capuano stayed. It was
1: yeah, back. it was obvious to see why they were taking point shots. What changed from last oh, year to this God. year? It point was so. It was. I mean, back. it was obvious. It was. You had Paul McFarland and Hackstall, who both had systems or the last teams that were basically get the puck back to the point and isn't let it them great shoot. To them. go
0: and watch the Panthers, and they pass the puck when the puck gets up to the yeah.
1: Puck. Their oh, shot what? distance was like top. Five closest to the net in the league is, is versus really? last year, where it was top five. Panthers shot
0: distance really like top five closest, and now
1: yeah, I think it was under. I think it was under thirty five or under thirty six feet. You,
0: Joel Quenville, Andrew Burnett, and Mike Kitchen. I will build you all statues for that.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, so so imagine what would happen if them, if they then went out and got some defensemen who could influence and change the game at a high level of play and moved everybody down.
0: Enough. Hi Jake Muzzin. Would you like to come to South Florida? We'll help you I out. I mean,
1: yeah, I don't know if it's Muzzin. Cause he didn't really react to the trade to Toronto super well last year.
0: But, I mean, Maybe, I
1: don't know who, I don't know who it is, but they got to go out there and get a bunch of defensemen who play good hockey and they trust to play their system. So whoever it is, you got like three or four guys in the next two two years, I want to see coming into this organization that. Do you have any final defenders.
0: thoughts on hockey-related things? Oh, the Hall of Fame. Do we have to talk about the Hall of Fame, or do you not care?
1: Uh, this this this. I mean, I I didn't really care about this this one. I mean, I Zuboff know. get it get it get Zuboff out of retirement. Put him on the blue line. Ah, oh there yeah. you go.
0: Sergey, Sergei, there was the whole debate on no,
1: no one would argue with that if we could find a zuboff I mean that that would be that would be wonderful
0: that would be, nice. that would be great I think I
1: mean if we and if we're thinking about how Weegar's turned into and everything like maybe hey we should play Stillman because they have very same trajectories
0: did you notice how when the panther when George Richards our good friend wrote about how they found Mackenzie Weegar in, in late in that draft they also wrote about Josh Brown
1: we are like an hour, and I know,
0: but that's thirty
1: that's... minutes into this podcast, so I think we we really do have to wrap it up.
0: We do, but I do want to say one more thing before we uh, before we uh, roll on into the.
1: <laughs> if anyone's listening,
0: oh, they are. We've done two plus hour marathons at this point. Come on, we've done a we've done a billion of them. I don't think it could be that bad. Is there anything else that you would like to talk about when it comes to the National Hockey League of the Arts before we? but because the Leafs thankfully fired Mike Babcock as we were recording this show. Well, the good news is, is that Mike Babcock isn't probably Jose Mourinho. Oh, actually, you know what? He might be Jose Mourinho. You know what? Hell, did I think about it? They might actually be two peas in the same pod. Crap. Crap. Because my team well, at least Jose you Mourinho. know Florida's
1: not going to hire him. Thank the so Lord that's... for
0: that, because that will – it would have been better than Boogner, but, it, I mean, they got the better coach. Thank the – ever-loving Lord that they... I mean, I
1: him. I do really stand by... I think he ends up in Edmonton. I don't think Tippett's a long-term solution oh, my, in oh, Edmonton. There is one more so. thing
0: I want to say. There is more, one more thing I want to say.
1: <laughs> goody, Bobby, goody.
0: Ryan, Bobby Ryan, whatever he's going through, Cherry Hill kid. Love Cherry Hill, obviously. Uh, the story <laughs> yes, of my life is that during the 2010 Olympics, when uh, Doc Emmerich was talking about Bobby Ryan, he compared the rivalry between East and West to the Cubs and the White Sox. I will always forget that. I hope whatever he is going through... He, figure, he figures it out and good things happen because uh, we, we, we support good people from Cherry Hill. Uh, and that, that is important. So I hope whatever... Yeah, I
1: mean, between, like you said, his background and, and all the injuries and everything... I, I hope mean, we whatever's can,
0: happened to him because it's yeah. been terrible what's happened to him in Ottawa. I hope that he's doing all right. And, uh, you know, future Flyer color analyst Bobby Ryan, I guess.
1: Yeah, he's going to be sitting next to Jim Jackson... Jim Jackson is
0: good, man. He he met. Uh, he I wish. Me. I
1: think. I think Jim Jackson's great. I don't want to hear him do Flyers games anymore. I want to hear him do Panthers oh, games. That geez. that's my only comment. Okay. I want to hear.
0: He has been doing Flyers for, games. for multiple he's, he's, reasons. It would be who
1: Florida to fire who does their play by play now.
0: I cannot say like anything. Jim Jackson. To, uh, I I listen. I am a man who has opinions on play by play announcers, but for the sake of my career. I'm not going to share them publicly in case there's somebody like John Champion, who is an amazing soccer announcer that I will shower with praise at every possible opportunity. And Alex Faust, who once talked to me uh, in my nascent uh, broadcasting career and is an incredibly nice man. So uh, yes, and I hope he does become the next uh, the uh, next guy on Jeopardy. So hey, what can i what can I say? And uh, Goldstein, and as I remember, you remember what I said when the Panthers had the Stanley Cup final this year. They should get Pitbull to do the, you know, the thing on the JetBlue tarmac, but instead of Pitbull, it's actually Steve Goldstein. You
1: I remember? mean, he should definitely earn his pay.
0: You remember that running? We did that. We, you remember when we did that joke before? The Steve Goldstein uh, moonlighting as Pitbull thing. I know you do because we did this bit on the show. You have to go back a why, a ways, but.
1: Hold on, I'm just reading. They're, the Leafs are retaining Haxtell McFarlane. No,
0: why are you doing that? No, I mean, why do you do that? Fire it doesn't... the sun. Yeah. Why? You're gonna this is going to be great. Good coaching, you're going to ruin them with Jack Capuano crap. Or adjacent Jack Capuano crap. Ugh, terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Good luck, Sheldon Keefe. I know you're going to do well, but um, the first thing you need to do is to tell uh, Paul McFarland and Dave Haxel that point shots are bad. <laughs> maybe maybe that's nice. Uh, until we next speak, uh, we will have an interview show next week, of course. It is that time of uh, the schedule. We have a couple of good ideas planned. We can't wait to bring them to you. But until then, of course, good night and good hockey.
1: Please get a defender
0: and good night and good night.